The Braille Forum, Volume 50, May 2012, Number 9, published by the American Council of the Blind, read by Mark Delgado in the studios of the Cutting Corporation, Bethesda, Maryland. The American Council of the Blind strives to increase the independence, security, equality of opportunity, and to improve quality of life for all blind and visually impaired people. Mitch Pomerantz, President. Melanie Brunson, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. National Office, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. 202-467-5081. Fax, 703-465-5085. Website, http colon slash slash www.acb.org The Braille Forum, trademark, is available in Braille, large print, half-speed four-track cassette tape, data CD, and via email. Subscription requests, address changes, and items intended for publication should be sent to Sharon Lovering at the address above, or via email to slovering at acb.org. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the national office at the number listed above. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention, Treasurer, ACB, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB via the combined federal campaign, use this number, 11155. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection toll-free at 800 424-8666, 5 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time, or read it online. Copyright 2012, American Council of the Blind All content created initially for use by ACB in publications, in any media, on any website domains administered by ACB, or as a broadcast or podcast on ACB radio, archived or not, is considered to be the property of the American Council of the Blind. Creative content that appears elsewhere originally remains the property of the original copyright holder. Those responsible for creative content submitted initially to ACB are free to permit their materials to appear elsewhere with proper attribution and prior notification to the ACB National Office. Table of Contents President's Message The World Blind Union and Silent Cars By Mitch Pomerantz Side 1 Countdown to Convention by Janet Dickelman Side 1 Seeking Nominations for 2012 ACB Awards by Cindy Van Winkle Side 1 ACB Leadership Institute 2012 Side 2 And We're Off by Donna Brown Side 2 Kids a Cruisin' at Convention by Carla Rushevel Side 2 Come to the Dock Party in Louisville. Side 2.
Consider volunteering some of your time at the information desk. By Cindy Vega. Side two. L U A. We have just begun. Join us in our advocacy so that all may read. By Paul Edwards. Side two. Affiliate news. Side two. Passings. Side two. USABA impacts lives through sports and recreation. By Lacey Markle. Side three. Here and there. Edited by Sue Lichtenfels. Side three. High tech swap shop. Side three. Leveling the spin. By Nancy Scott. Side three. Forum subscription notes. You can now get the Braille Forum by podcast. To subscribe, go to the Braille Forum page on www.acb.org. If you do not yet have a podcast client, you can download one from the forum page. To subscribe to the Braille Forum via email, go to www.acb.org/mailman/listinfo/brailleforum-l. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office. One eight hundred four two four eight six six six, or via email, s l o v e r i n g at acb dot org. Give her the information, and she'll take care of the changes for you. President's message: The World Blind Union and Silent Cars. By Mitch Pomerantz. In April two thousand eleven. I was asked to assume the chair of the World Blind Unions (WBUs) Mobility and Transport Working Group. Some of you may recall that under the auspices of the North American Caribbean region, ACB drafted a resolution addressing our growing concern over silent cars, which the WBU ultimately passed at the seventh quadrennial meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, in August 2008. This month's column is the draft paper which resulted from that resolution. The World Blind Union (WBU) is a non-governmental organization representing the interests of millions of blind and visually impaired persons worldwide. As part of the WBU's 2008 to 12 work plan, the Mobility and Transport (MNT) working group was charged with drafting a position statement on the issue of hybrid silent vehicles, including strategies to inform and educate WBU members and to offer approaches for addressing this growing problem. This paper outlines WBU's position relative to the increasing prominence of such vehicles. It draws heavily from one previously prepared by the European Blind Union (EBU), and we wish to acknowledge their efforts. Since the mid-2000s, hybrid and electric vehicles have become popular among an increasingly environmentally sophisticated population concerned over air pollution and its impact on health, rising fuel prices, both gasoline and diesel. And the need for new directions for a struggling automobile industry. Blind and partially sighted people around the world welcome this trend as long as the technology does not jeopardize our safe and independent mobility. Hybrid vehicles operate on a fuel-powered engine when driving above 20 miles per hour (32 kilometers per hour), and revert to a virtually silent electric motor when idling or traveling at slower speed. All electric cars, such as the Chevrolet Volt and the smart car, operate silently without the usual engine noise, regardless of speed. 
Such vehicles pose a serious threat of injury or death to persons relying mainly on their hearing to assess whether it is safe to cross streets or in other hazardous areas, e.g., parking lots. Other pedestrians, such as children, seniors, runners, cyclists, or merely inattentive walkers, are also at increased risk. In their current stage of development, hybrid and electric vehicles are not fully in line with universal design principles. According to experiments conducted by researchers at the University of California Riverside, vehicles operating in electric mode can be hard to hear below 20 miles per hour, 32 kilometers per hour. Above that speed, the sound of tires and air flowing over the vehicle start to make it audible. Researchers determined that a Toyota Prius needed to be as much as 65% closer to test subjects than a car with a standard internal combustion engine before testers could judge its direction correctly. During the tests, the Prius was not heard until it was 10 feet, 3.3 meters, from blindfolded volunteers. A recent study authorized by the United States National Highway Traffic Safety Administration in 12 states showed a 50% higher rate of accidents involving pedestrians for hybrids than for standard internal combustion vehicles. As recently as 2010, serious research into what would constitute an appropriate warning sound commenced. Noise generators for quiet cars have been studied by Warwick University in the United Kingdom. In the U.S., General Motors has been conducting tests using sounds which closely imitate those of gasoline powered engines. Fiat, Lotus, and Nissan have recognized the problem and have also been involved in various stages of research and testing. Japan has looked into developing guidelines or mandating minimum noise levels for such vehicles. In 2010, the two major national consumer advocacy organizations of the blind in the U.S., The American Council of the Blind and the National Federation of the Blind collaborated on federal legislation, passed and signed into law, mandating that minimum sound standards be developed and implemented. While the WBU is supportive of green vehicles, we also believe that further research may be needed to investigate the safety implications for pedestrians and to thoroughly explore adequate solutions. A balanced approach, Preserving the safety of all pedestrians while also reducing noise pollution is a laudable goal. However, there appears to be consensus within the blind, visually impaired community that sounds used to announce the presence of hybrid electric vehicles must simulate, as closely as possible, those made by the internal combustion engine. There is the additional belief that one standard sound, rather than a sound representing each manufacturer, is desirable. Today, more than ever, It also remains vital to promote safe driving practices, such as driving more slowly and refraining from texting or using cellular telephones while operating a motor vehicle. The challenge is now to identify a technology that is both environmentally friendly and safe for pedestrians, thus benefiting everyone concerned. Since adoption of the WBU resolution on this subject in 2008, we have seen progress toward its first imperative, which called upon All regions where large numbers of vehicles are in use to advocate for research into technologies and standards to identify independently vehicles while traversing speeds or other areas where vehicles may be encountered. The second imperative, which called upon the United Nations and national governments to adopt a standard of sound adequate to alert pedestrians to the presence, speed, and direction of vehicles within the environment, will require considerably more grassroots effort. The World Blind Union urges all regions to take the following two actions 1. 
encourage member organizations within each region to disseminate this paper as widely as possible in order to educate blind and visually impaired persons regarding the growing hazard that hybrid electric vehicles pose to safe and independent mobility. And 2. Encourage those member organizations to make this issue a top priority in their advocacy agendas, including advocacy to government officials and those persons who regularly interact with the United Nations. Countdown to Convention by Janet Dickelman. By the time you read this, there will be approximately 60 days until the 2012 conference and convention. I hope you are looking forward to Louisville as much as I am. Have you made your plans yet? Join the fun beginning Friday, July 6th, and ending with our final tour on Saturday, July 14th. There are two towers at the Galt House the Suites, East Tower, and the Review, West Tower, with standard rooms. Suites are $105 per night. Standard rooms are $85. This does not include applicable taxes. When you make your reservation, one night stay will be charged to your credit card. Reservations for the 2012 convention can be made via phone or online. To make your reservations via phone, call 1-800-843-4258. Make sure to mention you are with the ACB convention. You can also reserve a room online at https colon slash slash resweb dot passkey dot com slash Go slash ACB one zero seven one two. General sessions and exhibits are located on the second floor of the Sweets Tower. Approximately seventy five percent of the meeting space is also in this tower. The West Tower has meeting space on the first and third floors. There is a walkway between the towers. During convention week, you can enjoy an endless array of workshops, seminars, and programs. If you are a teacher or rehabilitation counselor. If you are looking for a new job, if you use technology or can use new tips and ideas to improve your professional or everyday life, the 2012 ACB Conference and Convention is where you want to be. Check with your employer regarding continuing education credits or financial assistance to attend the conference and convention. Below is a sampling of what each day will offer. Program information is not yet complete as I write this, so please keep in mind that this information is subject to change. To save space, most groups are mentioned only on the first day of their programming. Additional days are shown in parentheses. Friday, July 6th. ACB Leadership Institute. Churchill Downs Backstretch Breakfast and Behind the Scenes Tour. Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Lunch included. Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Stephen Foster Story. Saturday, July 7th. Exhibits open 1 p.m. through Thursday, July 12th at 1 p.m. ACB Pre Convention Board Meeting. Tour of the Kentucky Horse Park and Ride for Hope. Lunch included. City Bus Tour. Repeats Sunday morning and afternoon. My Old Kentucky Lunch Train. ACB Information Access Seminar. Keys to the Convention Seminar. Repeated on Sunday. Welcome to Louisville Party. Student Welcome Party. More student activities throughout the week. Millie's Place Pin Swap. Lions. Other Lions activities on Wednesday and Thursday.
Sunday, July 8th. ACB Walk. NABT Breakfast and Meeting. Teachers have other activities through Wednesday. Special meetings and activities for attorneys through Tuesday. Vendors also Monday and Tuesday. Information technology specialists through Wednesday. People with low vision through Wednesday. Braille users and supporters of Braille. Other activities throughout the week. ACB Board of Publications meeting. Diabetics lunch and workshop. Other activities on Wednesday and Thursday. ACB Environmental Access and Public Relations Seminars. ACB Opening General Session. Mixers for Government Employees, Luncheon on Thursday, CCLVI, FIA, and Blind LGBT Pride. All hold events through Thursday. Monday, July 9th. Ivy Breakfast Meeting. Entrepreneurs, Luncheon on Wednesday. Business Expo on Thursday. General session, every morning all week. ACB Youth Activity Center, all day fun for kids and teens, through Friday. Audio Description Project Institute and Training, through Saturday. Multicultural lunch and program, midweek jam on Wednesday. Special meetings and activities for library users, also Wednesday. Guide dog users, through Wednesday. Musicians, through Wednesday. Alliance on Aging and Vision Loss lunch and program, also Wednesday session. ACB Women's Concerns, activities during the week culminating with a breakfast on Friday. ACB Seminars, to be announced. ACB Recreation Zone, through Thursday, healthy and fun options. ACB Afternoon Tours, different venues every day. See April Braille Forum article for a listing of daily tours. Tech user groups and product spotlights through Wednesday. Evening activities: CCLVI game night, RSVA auction and karaoke, FIA prose and poetry reading, SASI, etc. Tuesday, July 10th. Meetings and activities for people with hearing loss and blind veterans. ACB transportation, schools for the blind, and legislative workshops. International relations workshop and reception. FIA performing arts showcase. Wednesday, July 11th. ACB employment seminar. ACB auction. Thursday, July 12th. ACB membership seminar and other workshops. Affiliate presidents meeting. Friday, July 13th. ACB all-day business session. ACB banquet. Saturday, July 14th. ACB post-convention board meeting. ACB tours. Exhibits, advertising, and sponsorships. The ACB conference and convention is a great chance to tell people from all over the country and around the world about your company's products and services. Let us help you customize a package that fits your budget and reaches your audience. You might select advertising in the official program, placing information or promotional items in our registration bags, targeting specific groups with conference newspaper ads, 
meeting your audience face to face in the exhibit hall, or sponsoring a special service or event. In order to have your information shown in the convention program, it must be received by May 15th. Contact Marjorie Beeman at 512-921-1625 or via email oleo50 at hotmail dot com. The exhibit hall will be one of the most popular places at the 2012 ACB conference and convention. As an exhibitor, you will give people from across the United States and from many foreign countries the opportunity to learn about your products and services. Turn browsers into buyers as attendees give technology a trial run. Check out new tutorials or crafts, or shop for products for home, school, work, and play. Are you a company that sells adaptive equipment for the blind or visually impaired? Are you an agency or entity with resources or information of particular interest to ACB members? Do you represent a guide dog school? Do you operate a business that sells items that would be of interest to our members? Are you an ACB affiliate or special interest group with items to sell? Premium booths, tabletop booths, and limited three-day booth packages are available. There are also discounted booth options for visually impaired entrepreneurs and ACB affiliates, as well as rebates for vendors that exhibit the entire time the exhibit hall is open. Visit our website to register, or contact Michael Smitherman, exhibit coordinator, by email. A M D U O at b e l l s o u t h dot net, or by phone at six zero one three three one seven seven four zero. Exhibitor information must also be received by May fifteenth for inclusion in our program. Marketplace. Don't forget our newest opportunity, Marketplace. Are you an entertainer or author with CDs or books to sell? Do you sell crafts, cosmetics, toys, etc.? Is your affiliate looking for a fundraiser? Do you have information to distribute before a specific general session? If you answered yes to any of these questions, but just can't handle the long hours in the exhibit hall, or you will only be at the convention for one or two days, ACB's new marketplace is just for you. Located near the ACB cafe and general session, marketplace is in one of the highest traffic areas in the conference and convention. Open before each general session begins, marketplace will be filled with something new and exciting every day. Space is limited. Tables will be assigned on a first-come, first-served basis. Tables are twenty-five dollars each, and you may reserve space for one or two days only. Sorry, but no food items may be sold at marketplace. To register for marketplace, contact Michael Smitherman, A M D U O at B E L L S O U T H dot net, or six zero one three three one seven seven four zero. ACB Heroes. Share the accomplishments of special people in your local chapter or state or special interest affiliate by participating in the ACB Heroes section of the 2012 Conference and Convention Program. Information for honoring that special person can be found in my April article or on our website. Pre-registration information was provided in the last issue. I'm pleased to announce that Pam Cox will be handling the telephone registrations this year. When pre-registration is up and running, just leave a message on the toll-free number, and cheerful and capable Pam will call you back. Scheduling events. Special interest groups, 
ACB committees, and others wishing to sponsor programs or activities at the conference and convention should submit all information for the pre-registration form immediately. Program details need to be submitted by May 15th. Make all arrangements related to events, reserving space, ordering food or AV equipment, etc., with Janet Dickelman. Convention email list. Keep up with all the latest announcements. Join the ACB Convention email list by sending a blank message to acbconvention-subscribe at acb.org. For convention questions or special concerns, contact Janet Dickelman, ACB Convention Committee Chair, at 651-428-5059, or by email at janet.dickelman at gmail.com or call the ACB National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Seeking Nominations for 2012 ACB Awards By Cindy Van Winkle At the upcoming ACB convention in Louisville, Kentucky, the American Council of the Blind will bestow some prestigious awards on some very special people. It is your job to inform the awards committee who those special people are to be considered for these awards. Below are the criteria for each award. We are seeking nominees who have made a real impact on ACB and the blind community on a national level. Most importantly, it's up to each of you to think of worthy nominees and share details about him or her that would cause the awards committee to take notice. Please email nomination letters to cindy.vw at gmail.com. Hard copy letters may be sent to ACB Awards Committee, Care of American Council of the Blind, 2200 Wilson Boulevard, Suite 650, Arlington, Virginia, 22201. The deadline date for nominations is May 15, 2012. This means they should be received electronically by 11.59 p.m. on May 15th or be postmarked by that date if coming via U.S. mail. The George Card Award is given to an individual who has dedicated his or her life to work with and for blind people, making a real difference and improving quality of life, for providing leadership and being a positive role model. The Robert S. Bray Award is given to a person who has made a contribution for improving library technology or communication devices. It could also be given for expanding access for blind people, or making opportunities within the mainstream media. The Durward K. McDaniel Ambassador Award is given in recognition of a blind person who may or may not be a member of a blindness organization, but who has, through his or her personal characteristics and activities, unrelated to his or her employment, contributed most to the acceptance and understanding of blind people as capable and contributing members of the community. The James R. Olson Distinguished Service Award is periodically given to individuals who have made important contributions which have advanced opportunities for the blind community. This award can be given to an individual or an organization. The Affiliate Outreach Award is based on a recommendation by an affiliate president, which recognizes a local chapter for a new outreach program. This program must have a measurable outcome. End of Side 1 Side 2. The Braille Forum, Volume 50, May 2012, Number 9. This side contains ACB Leadership Institute 2012. And We're Off, by Donna Brown.
Kids a cruisin' at convention, by Carla Rushville. Come to the dock party in Louisville. Consider volunteering some of your time at the information desk, by Cindy Vega. L U A, we have just begun. Join us in our advocacy so that all may read, by Paul Edwards. Affiliate news. Passings. Continuing with. Seeking nominations for 2012 ACB awards, by Cindy Van Winkle. The affiliate growth awards are based on the greatest increase in membership, as determined by the 2011-2012 membership reports. Please do not delay. Submit your nominations now. The awards committee looks forward to the challenge of selecting worthy recipients of the above awards to be presented in 2012. We need your help to learn about these special people and how they meet the prescribed criteria. ACB Leadership Institute 2012. Have you been interested in taking a more active role in ACB or in your community? Do you know people who should be moving into positions of responsibility but seem tentative about doing so? You're invited. ACB's National Leadership Institute 2012 is the place to be on Friday, July 6th, to learn what you need to take that next step in becoming a leader. This year's theme, Anatomy of an Organization, will give participants some nuts and bolts knowledge, such as why the governing documents of your organization are important, how to honor history without being tied to it forever, suggestions for running a successful meeting, fundraising do's and don'ts. New and old ways of communicating with your members and leaders, the art of using volunteers to create a vibrant organization, and much more. This inaugural leadership institute will bring together 50 potential leaders from across the country for a one-day program. There are also plans to follow up with participants and explore ongoing issues of importance to the development of our next group of leaders. Only 50 spots, only $50. Reserve your spot as soon as pre-registration for the conference and convention opens, and don't forget to make arrangements to come in early, on Thursday night. For further information, contact Leadership Training Task Force Chair Burl Kali at blc zero nine zero one at comcast dot net. And we're off. By Donna Brown. Let's saddle up for ACB. The horses and trainers are in the stable, ready to gallop, full steam ahead to another run for the roses, raising funds for ACB. The annual walk run has a new name, the ACB Walk Fun Run. It will be the premier race in Louisville, Kentucky, this summer. Your participation in this race can be a trifecta. No matter how you participate in the ACB Walk Fun Run, you can help support the winning team, ACB. You can participate by either signing up to walk run or to sponsor someone. Second, if you walk run, whether it be on site or as a virtual walker, you can benefit your physical health. Even if you are unable to attend the ACB National Conference and Convention, you can still sign up and walk at home. Finally, by participating in the ACB Walk Fun Run, you have the opportunity to win prizes and meet new people. The ACB Walk Fun Run will be held on Sunday, July 8, at Seneca Park in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have already signed up for the 2012 ACB Walk Run, you are already in the starting gate, ready to take off. If you have not signed up yet, it's not too late.
You can settle up by registering now as an individual or a team by using one of the following methods. You may register or make pledges online at http colon slash slash walk hyphen run dot acb dot org. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you may contact either Palma Milliman at 270-782-9325 or Donna Brown at 304-822-4679 for assistance. Any entry forms or pledge forms completed in hard copy must have a check made out to ACB Walk attached and mailed to American Council of the Blind, 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. In order to gallop full steam ahead in this important race, a participant needs to be motivated to help ACB. You can do that by seeking and receiving pledges. Two methods for seeking pledges that have been proven to be effective are to either send an email message containing information about the walk run and your request for pledges to everyone in your address book, or to make phone calls to everyone you know, friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, businesses, etc., As with any race, participants have the opportunity to win prizes for their hard work. Once again, medals will be awarded as follows. Bronze for pledges totaling $100 to $250, silver for $251 to $500, and gold for $500 or more. Trophies will be presented to all individuals' teams raising $1,000 or more. For every $100 in pledges raised by an individual or a team, their name will be entered into a drawing for exciting prizes. Trophies will also be given to the individual team and the affiliate that brings in the most money. The home stretch of this race is the actual Walk Fun Run event. Once again, the annual Walk Fun Run will take place on Sunday, July 8th at Seneca Park in Louisville, Kentucky. Stay tuned for further information. On behalf of the ACB Walk Committee, I encourage you to put on your iron shoes and saddle up by seeking pledges or sponsoring a participant. Kids are cruising at convention. The YAC is back, better than ever, with lots of fun and fantastic events for our ACB kids. Bring the whole family to the 51st ACB Conference and Convention. Louisville and surrounding areas are bursting with indoor and outdoor kid-pleasing activities. There's swimming, canoeing, bicycling, hiking, horseback riding, and baseball. Special interactive fun awaits at nearby science, history, and art museums, nature preserves, and farms. Even the American Printing House has special kid-oriented tours. And every day's a holiday at Holiday World, a phenomenal theme park just 45 minutes from Louisville at Santa Claus, Indiana. So pack up the kids and spend a week with ACB. There are plenty of family-pleasing restaurants near the hotel. Lots of things to do, easy on the budget. The ACB Youth Activity Center is open to children and teens 6 and up. The YAC is available Monday through Friday during the day and during the ACB banquet. Tickets are required and are sold through ACB registration. Look for more information on the pre-registration form, on the ACB convention email list, and in the official convention program. Carla Rushevel Come to the Dock Party in Louisville. After a busy Wednesday of convention meetings, put on your casuals and join the Dock Party. The 2012 auction is going to be so much fun. The fireworks really fly when the bidding wars begin. 
There will be food and a cash bar available for your convenience. Mark your calendar for Wednesday, July 11th, for the auction preview at 6 p.m. and the auction at 7 p.m. Lists of auction items will be available at the preview as well as the auction. You may request your bidder number when you register for convention. Are those jingle bells I hear? Is Santa on his way? Don't worry if you cannot make this year's convention auction in July, because ACB is having a holiday auction via ACB Radio. The auction committee reserves the privilege to select which items will be sold in the July auction or the holiday auction. Donations featured during the holiday auction will be carefully chosen with expectations of raising the maximum funds for ACB Radio. The holiday auction will be the perfect opportunity to spotlight some of the beautiful jewelry for that special someone in your life, and the homemade delicacies will be right on time for your holiday entertaining. The ACB Radio holiday auction items will be stored safely in Minnesota and shipped to the buyers by Lane Waters and the Minnesota office staff. If you or your affiliate would like to donate items to the auctions, we ask that you contact Cindy Van Winkle at 360-689-0827 or cindy.vw at gmail.com no later than June 15th and provide her with a detailed description of your item. For ease of travel, we ask that you consider donating items that fit easily into a travel bag or add shipping costs to your donation package. Gift certificates are a perfect auction item. If you would like to ship any items ahead, Carla has graciously volunteered to receive the auction donations in Kentucky. Please mail to Carla at the following address Carla Rushevel, 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Phone 502-897-1472, home, or 502-303-7042, cell. We are seeking volunteers to serve as sighted guides, describers of items, and as spotters to make sure all bidders are recognized. Several volunteers are needed to help with checkout at auction's end. We really appreciate each of you who have volunteered in the past and hope you will consider volunteering again. All interested volunteers should contact Marsha Farrow at 706-859-2624 or via email marshafarrow at windstream.net. If using email, please put Auction volunteer in the subject line of your message. Please save this very important date and bring all of your friends to the biggest and best dock party in Kentucky. Consider volunteering some of your time at the information desk. Thank you to everyone who has volunteered at the information desk in the past. Hopefully, you will choose to help us again this year. If you haven't volunteered previously, this is your chance to try something new. Information desk hours are Thursday, July 5th, for early convention arrivals, Friday, July 6th through Thursday, July 12th, from 7 30 a.m. to 7 30 p.m., and Friday, July 13th, from 7 30 a.m. until 4 p.m. At the information desk, you can make reservations for banquet tables, give your room number for newspaper delivery, drop off your convention door prizes, Pick up materials such as hotel orientation information. Let us know about items you have lost or found. Receive answers to any convention related questions. 
and expect to be given courteous, accurate, and professional assistance. Information desk volunteers need to quickly search for information as to the location of meetings, caucuses, and special activities. Be patient and friendly, and able to work in a fast-paced environment where several people may be waiting for your assistance. Volunteers should be able to work a minimum block of three hours. Of course, you can always stop by the desk during the convention and volunteer your services. However, I prefer having at least a partial schedule of volunteers. We are also looking for someone who has their own laptop or note taker and would be able to help copy files each morning. You should have the capability of copying files to a thumb drive, compact flash card, and a high capacity SD card. If you are interested in volunteering at the information desk or copying files, please email me at cvega at q dot com, or call eight zero one seven zero seven seven one nine five. I look forward to meeting you in Louisville in July and working with those who join me to make the information desk a galloping success. Cindy Vega. LUA, we have just begun. Join us in our advocacy, so that all may read. By Paul Edwards. We have just begun the third leap year of the present century. I am amazed about how much has happened in the field of libraries and people who are blind already this century. You will probably be glad that I do not propose to review all that has happened. Instead, I want to consider for a while what the changes have meant to people who are blind and to library users of America. I would suggest that some of what has happened has not been good for the organization which I serve as president. And yet, Library Users of America was formed at a time when there were not a lot of reading options for people who were blind. We began before Bookshare or WebBraille, and Bard was not even on the horizon. Cassettes were a relatively new thing. And public libraries, by and large, didn't want to know much about blind people. After all, they have talking books. They said, "The Apple IIe was the computer most people were using if they were blind, and many of us were reading books with opticons. Kurzweils were colossi that lived in libraries and cost fifty thousand dollars. Goodness, those were the days. To a degree as well." LUA was formed to provide another means of providing input to NLS, the National Library Service. I think it would not be inaccurate to suggest that there were elements that our members felt needed attention there. Braille books were precious and rare, and we could expect to wait at least six months before a book our non-blind friends were reading became available to us. How the world has changed! I promised I would not catalog changes, and I won't. You all know what they are. What should LUA be advocating for? There are more books in accessible format than we can ever use. Public libraries are distributing audiobooks and accessible e-books, and the law says their websites need to be accessible to us. Scanners and even scanning software are much cheaper than they were and much more accurate. Blind people have virtually unlimited access to reading materials now, and things are getting better every year. And yet. There are still lots of formats of books appearing on the web that cannot be read by blind people. Many people have no idea about what book resources are out there or how we can get them as blind people. Not all at NLS is golden. We need to continue to insist on being a part of new developments and initiatives. When I attended the White House conference on libraries and information services, 
I think that is what it was called, in 1990, there were those speaking who were certain that libraries as we know them would be gone by 2050. Local branches of public libraries are closing now. Sub-regional talking book libraries are disappearing in droves. At colleges, computers are replacing books, and paper collections are shrinking. If print books gradually go the way of the dodo and are replaced by portable electronic readers, can Braille books be far behind? We seem to be getting closer to the point where Braille displays will actually be affordable by many blind people. We are not there yet, but the cost of displays is down 40% over the past five years, and that is significant. So, where does this leave LUA? I think it leaves us with lots to do. We need to become evangelists of the new and protectors of the old. We need to be sure that we speak for those who can use the new, but also for those who cannot. There is still much that needs our advocacy as well. The laws say our rights are protected. Reality says that far too many library-like resources are inaccessible, and there are more and more search engines that are becoming less and less friendly because of their use of graphics and JavaScripts. Libraries are where we get information and do research. If more and more of those options are moving to the Internet, we must make sure our needs are considered. We need to be sure that online instruction and access to information for our blind children and youth are protected and maintained. Florida and other states are requiring students to take online courses, and many vendors of such courseware know little and care less about access. Even if some of us do not know how to use all the new sources for books, we must be sure that the next generation of students is expert. At the state and local levels, we must become the advocates of libraries. If the infrastructure of libraries collapses, our talking book program will find it very hard to survive. Our program is only tenable if there are state libraries that offer the space and staffing that our members need if they are to retain optimal services. Our efforts must also try to save sub-regional libraries where our needs get a local face. They are often the only entities that work to make sure that public libraries are concerned with our needs at all. There is a lot for us to do then. It is a different stewardship, but no less vital. Will you help us refocus re-energize, and recommit to the new imperatives that face blind users of libraries? I hope so. We need you, and our country and the world needs library users of America. Affiliate News Ivy Convention Sneak Preview Thanks to President and Program Chair Carla Hayes, Ivy has an excellent program plan during the upcoming ACB Convention. Our events are open to members and non-members, so please come and meet Ivy members and network with us. On Sunday, July 8th, Ivy members have been invited to attend the RSVA Mixer from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. You will find this mixer listed under RSVA. Ivy will hold its networking breakfast and business meeting on Monday, July 9th from 7 o'clock to 8.15 a.m. On Wednesday, July 11th, our Ivy Luncheon and Program will be held from 12.15 to 2.30 p.m. The programming will begin with Michael McCarty, American Printing House for the Blind, speaking on the topic, APH Products, which can help you with your business. Next, Bob Mueller, author, motivational speaker, and columnist for Women's Day magazine, will speak on the topic, 15 Ways to Get the Most Out of Life. Then we'll have a panel discussion called Running Your Business Out of Your Home, Pros, Cons, and Considerations. We are looking for people who run businesses out of their homes to serve as panelists. 
If you would like to be a panelist for this presentation, please contact Carla Hayes at 724-941-8184. On Thursday, July 12th, from 12.30 to 2.30 p.m., Ivy will host the Ivy Expo, where blind and visually impaired business owners will showcase their products and services, as well as answer questions. Of course, browsing the Expo is free. But if you would like to have a booth at the expo, the cost is $10 for Ivy members and $25 for non-members, with the option of putting $15 of this cost towards Ivy dues. Ivy's annual dues, which are $15, are due July 1st or at convention. Ivy dues include a free listing on www.ivie-acb.org, our quarterly audio newsletter, and the ability to join our members-only listserv to exchange ideas. To sign up for a booth or pay your annual dues, you can either pay online at www.ivie-acb.org, or make checks payable to Ivy and send them along with your name, address, telephone number, email address, website address if you have one, name of business if you have one, and your preferred format for the Braille Forum to our treasurer, Sila Miller, 2201 Limerick Drive, Tallahassee, Florida, 32309. Please designate whether your check is for Ivy Dues, the Expo Booth, or both. If you have any questions, call Carla Hayes at 724-941-8184. We look forward to seeing many of you. RSVA Convention Preview the RSVA Conference and Convention starts on Saturday, July 7th, with committee meetings, followed by hospitality, which begins at 9 p.m. Saturday's hospitality is for RSVA members only. On Sunday, July 8th, the RSVA Board of Directors will have its pre-convention meeting at 10 a.m. We will break at noon so that members can attend the American Council of Blind Students Luncheon or have lunch on their own. Afternoon programming begins at 1.30 p.m. and ends at 4.30. At 4.30 p.m., the RSVA Nominating Committee will meet. RSVA will have its second hospitality on Sunday evening. This evening function is open to members of the Independent Visually Impaired Entrepreneurs and others in ACB. RSVA will hold its annual awards luncheon, followed by the annual business meeting, on Monday, July 9th. That evening, RSVA will have its annual auction, followed by karaoke night. On Tuesday, July 10th, RSVA will hold its affiliate presidents and board of directors luncheon. On Tuesday evening, RSVA will host casino night. We hope many of you can attend the conference and enjoy the networking and entertainment. Complete programming will be included in the next issue of the Vendorscope and on the RSVA websites www.rsva.biz and www.randolph-sheppard.org. Passings We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible. Name First, last, maiden if appropriate. City of residence, upon passing. State province of residence, upon passing. Other cities, states, countries of residence, places where other blind people may have known this person.
occupation, date of death, day if known, month, year, age, ACB affiliation, local, state, special interest affiliates or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Thomas D. Dick Bledsoe, reprinted from the Peoria, Illinois Journal Star, March 11, 2012. Thomas D. Dick Bledsoe, 57, of Peoria, passed away at 2:20 a.m. March 9, 2012, at his home. He was born March 16, 1954, in Sykeston, Missouri. To William D. and Dorothy Cleo Cruz, he married Alice F. Schmidt on October 12, 1986, in Bartonville. She survives. Also surviving are brother-in-law and sister-in-law Wayne Lavon Schmidt of Savoy, Illinois, one uncle and aunt Hollis Rose Bledsoe of Avoca, Iowa, several nieces, nephews, cousins, and many friends. He was preceded in death by one infant sister, parents. Grandparents and an uncle. He loved the St. Louis Cardinals, reading, old-time radio, and his three dogs, Gunner, Molly, and Fargo. Dick attended Florida College in Temple Terrace, Florida, as well as Illinois Central College, and received his bachelor's degree in history from Bradley University. Dick worked at Royal Publishing from 1984 to 1986. He also worked various other sales jobs, retiring in 1996. He was a member and served on the board of directors of Peoria Area Blind People Center, board of directors of Mary Bryant Home for the Blind in Springfield, board of directors of Radio Information Service in Peoria, former president and on the board of directors of Illinois Council of the Blind, and served on the committee of the Mid Illinois Talking Book Center in East Peoria. He was currently serving on the board of directors for Horizons for the Blind Incorporated in Crystal Lake, Illinois. And treasurer of Illinois Social Club. Funeral services were held March 14th at Davison Fulton Bartonville Chapel. He was buried in St. John Lutheran Church Cemetery. Memorials may be made to Illinois Council of the Blind, P.O. Box 1336, Springfield, Illinois 62705, or Horizons for the Blind Incorporated, 125 Eric Street, A103, Crystal Lake, Illinois. Six zero zero one four, or to a charity of the donor's choice. Online tributes and condolences may be made at www.davison-fulton-bartonvillechapel.com. End of side two. Side three. The Braille Forum. Volume Fifty, May two thousand twelve, Number Nine. This side contains USABA impacts lives through sports and recreation, by Lacey Markle. Here and there, edited by Sue Lichtenfels, High Tech Swap Shop. Leveling the Spin, by Nancy Scott. Continuing with Passings, Robert Hensick. Reprinted from the Morning Call, March tenth, two thousand twelve. Robert Hensick, fifty-eight, of Bethlehem, died on March ninth, two thousand twelve. Born in Bethlehem, he was the son of the late James Hensick and Margaret 
Havernick Hansik Moritz. He is survived by his wife of 27 years, Sherry Taylor Hansik. Robert was employed by Radprin from 1981 until its closing in 2009. He was a member of Saints Simon and Jude Catholic Church. He will be lovingly remembered by his wife, Sherry, brothers, James and Larry Hansick, sisters, Judy Maffea and Margie Daly, stepfather, Bruno Moritz, stepbrothers, Gary and Bruno Moritz, and in-laws, Kathy, Linda, Bill, and Robert. A mass of Christian burial was held March 13th at the Saints Simon and Jude Church, 730 West Broad Street, Bethlehem. Inurnment was in Holy Savior Cemetery, Bethlehem. Memorials may be made to the Lehigh Valley Council of the Blind and sent in care of Connell Funeral Home, 245 East Broad Street, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, 18018. USABA Impacts Lives Through Sports and Recreation By Lacey Markle There are an estimated 52,000 school-aged children who are blind and visually impaired in the United States. Nearly 70% do not participate in even a limited physical education curriculum. The barriers that blind and visually impaired youth face are numerous, and primarily the consequences of moving their education from residential schools, where physical educators with blindness knowledge deliver specialized services in relatively small classes, to public schools, where educators may have less knowledge, time, and resources to apply to students who are visually impaired. The benefits of sports and recreation have been shown to continue from childhood through adolescence and into adulthood. A recent survey of United States Association of Blind Athletes, USABA members, revealed that not only do participants benefit academically from their involvement in sports during elementary and high school, but 57% of USABA members went on to pursue a college degree, more than double the national average of 23% for their visually impaired peers. In an effort to increase involvement in physical activity as well as higher education, 18 agencies assisting youth who are blind and visually impaired are working toward a healthier lifestyle with the start of the National Fitness Challenge, which was created by the United States Association of Blind Athletes and funded by the WellPoint Foundation, the philanthropic arm of WellPoint Incorporated. USABA and the WellPoint Foundation are actively working toward a healthier lifestyle by providing talking pedometers as well as fitness and nutrition coaches for each agency. Each athlete has the opportunity to be the top boy or girl from their agency and participate in the final National Fitness Challenge, a four-day camp in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where they will participate in track and field, goalball, swimming, and strength and conditioning workouts in order to learn more about fitness and become more involved in their communities. Mark Lucas, executive director of USABA, explained, Our goal for the National Fitness Challenge is the top 36 teens will go back to their communities and join sports teams. We want to reward the teens for their hard work and dedication toward leading an active and healthy lifestyle. Each participant will be provided skill development that can lead to national and international competitions. As the National Fitness Challenge comes to a close, USABA and the WellPoint Foundation hope the athletes meet their goal of a 50% total decrease in body mass index, BMI. Not only will these teens lower their BMI, but through participation in sports and physical activity, these teens will realize new levels of independence, confidence, and determination.
For more information, contact Lacey Markle at the United States Association of Blind Athletes at 719-866-3222 or M-I-L-I-T-A-R-Y underscore P-G-M underscore A-S-S-T at USABA.org or go to USABA's website www.usaba.org Here and There Edited by Sue Lichtenfels The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers, or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The Braille Forum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to info at acb.org or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Illinois School Reunion The Illinois School for the Visually Impaired Alumni will have a school reunion May 24th to 27th at the Route 66 Hotel in Springfield, Illinois. Reservations can be made now by calling 1-888-707-8366 or 217-529-6626 in Illinois and asking for the ISVI block of rooms. You can also contact Melissa at the hotel by email, melissart66 at gmail.com. Room rates are $66 per night plus tax. The banquet will be held in the ISVI dining room Saturday afternoon. Tickets are $30 each. We will have buses to take people to and from the banquet. Alumni dues are $15. For more information, contact Howard Thomas at 217-787-5403 or email him hjthomas at a-M-E-R-I-T-E-C-H dot net. Maine Summer Camp Camp Loraweld is a Christian summer camp for blind and visually impaired individuals ages 9 to 90. The 2012 session will be held July 22nd to 29th in Weld, Maine. Located on Lake Webb, the camp offers archery, a rock climbing wall, arts and crafts, water skiing, swimming, canoeing, sailing, boat rides, nature walks, talent show, daily sing-alongs, adapted field games such as kickball and beat baseball, campfire, a variety of outings, including a dinner at a local restaurant and a trip to a local country store for ice cream, and Bible study. Campers must be independent with daily living and mobility, or they must bring a personal care assistant. Cost for camp is $75 for blind, visually impaired, and $100 for personal assistance. Campers are responsible for their own transportation, although a charter bus will be run from Boston, Massachusetts, and Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for a small fee. To request a camp application, call 207-797-3760. Additional information is available by contacting Jennifer Hawkins at 603 498 3278, or by visiting the camp website, 
www.lawroweld.org. Accessible Museum Tours The American Museum of Natural History welcomes visitors who are blind or visually impaired by offering science sense tours. These specially designed programs include verbal descriptions and touchable exhibits. Science sense tours are free with general museum admission. However, space limitations mean reservations are required. Upcoming tours include Saturday, May 19th, 10 a.m., Beyond Planet Earth, The Future of Space Exploration. Wednesday, June 13th, 2 30 p.m., Ocean Life. Sunday, July 15th, 10 a.m., Minerals and Gems. And Wednesday, August 15th, 2 30 p.m., Hall of the Universe. For more information or to register for a tour, call 212-313-7565 or email accessibility at amnh.org. Increased usability for Sprint customers. Sprint now offers a free version of Code Factory's mobile accessibility software for customers who are visually impaired. The software, called Wireless Accessibility, can be installed at no cost on Android 2.1 Plus phones on the Sprint, Boost Mobile, and Virgin Mobile USA networks with specific service plans. The software uses touchscreen navigation and input along with synthesized speech readback to provide users access to all call functions, web browsing, Email, contacts, alarms, texting, GPS, calendar, and basic phone functions. For more information, visit http://newsroom.sproncom/articlee_displey.cfm? A-R-T-I-C-L-E underscore I-D equal sign 2194. New e-book accessibility. Christopher Toff, a blind software developer, has designed QRead, an e-reader for the blind. It gives individuals using screen readers access to both PDF and EPUB formatted books and documents. The software enables users to Open and tab between an unlimited number of books. Insert an unlimited number of bookmarks. Skim through a text by percentage. And search for specific passages with its Find feature. QRead works with JAWS for Windows, Window Eyes, Supernova, System Access, and NVDA. For more information, visit http://www.q- C-O-N-T-I-N-U-U-M dot net slash. Radio Program Seeks Guests Janae Miller, a woman with both vision and hearing impairments, hosts an internet radio program called Out of Sight, Out of Mind. The show, which airs Saturday mornings at 9, features special guests who discuss issues facing people with disabilities and encourage acceptance of people with disabilities in the community at large. Sample topics include living independently, dating, education, 
accommodations, raising children with a disability or special needs, raising children as a person with a disability or special needs, public policy, etc. The radio website is www.talktainmentradio.com. To reach the show while it's on air, call 1-877-932-9766. Janae seeks individuals to be regular or once-monthly guests on the program. If you'd like to be a guest, contact her at janae one one two six at aol dot com, or six one four four nine nine two eight one four. Learning and listening. Stephanie Peck, a blind teacher and musician, has been teaching piano to blind and sighted children and adults since nineteen ninety four. She is offering to teach blind students via Braille correspondence courses and advise blind musicians how to make the most of their musical style. She also has available several CDs of relaxation and healing music that she has composed. Stephanie can be reached by emailing t h e m u s i c s u i t e at v e r i z o n dot net, or by calling five one eight four six four zero four eight four. Aids and devices needed. David Vandermolen will be traveling to Rwanda in early 2013 to teach a Grade Two Braille class and to offer his help with some assistive technology needs. He seeks donations of Braille and large print books, Braille paper, white canes, slates and styluses, abacuses, a Braille display, a Perkins Brailler, and a Braille embosser to be used during his trip. Items should be in good condition. Dave is collecting items now because he will ship them to Rwanda in preparation for his visit. If you wish to donate any items, contact Dave during evenings or weekends at five one nine six six nine one four five six, or email him dvm nine seven five at gmail dot com. Barrier free park. Morgan's Wonderland is a fully accessible amusement park which sits on 25 acres northeast of San Antonio, Texas. The park includes wheelchair-accessible rides, the Sensory Village, which is a cluster of themed spaces such as an auto fix-it shop, grocery store, and TV station that offers sensory stimulation through colors, lights, sounds, and textures. The Sand Circle, designed so even folks in wheelchairs can play in the sand. An amphitheater. The Garden Sanctuary, a picnic area, and an eight-acre fishing lake. Other accessibility elements include braille signage, a 3D model of the park, and 18 wheelchair-accessible restrooms. Admission for people with disabilities is free. The cost for family, friends, caregivers, and the general public is nominal. For more information about the park's attractions or hours of operation, visit www. M O R G A N S W O N D E R L A N D dot com. Seeking bio of Louis Braille. Ibrahim Umar Abdul Karim is interested in receiving the biography of Louis Braille in Braille and in print. He would also like a bookport. Send to Ibrahim Umar Abdul Karim, I B R A H I M. 
U M A R A B D U L K A R I M P O Box 5426 Kano Kano State 700001 Nigeria High Tech Swap Shop For sale Packmate QX400 with QWERTY keyboard hardly used includes charging cord original software padded carrying case and wireless LAN compact flash card asking $300 or best offer call Amy at 574-361-9897 for sale PlexTalk with cords case and software and manuals asking $300 Packmate with discs two cases and all software asking $400 Braille Plus with case extra cords and software asking $250 Victor Stream with one SD card and case asking $150 they all work contact Vicky at 8173204442 or email her vickyundehill at sbcglobal.net will accept PayPal, money orders, or cashier's checks. For sale. Jordi CCTV, about 8 years old. Comes with Sony Color TV. Not used much. Asking $500. Contact Norm Burke Yale at 816-254-9670 or email him normanyale at sbcglobal.net For sale Conoscan LIDE 100 portable scanner Barely used, with all original packaging and materials Connects via USB cable to your PC Works with Kurzweil 1000 and other OCR packages Will ship within USA Asking $40 or best offer Includes shipping Free computer tutorials on cassette tape Windows XP Explained And Speaking of MS Word If interested, contact Robin at rvanlant at msn.com Or 303-379-8434 For sale Two Braille Note M-Powers BT32 model One runs Keysoft 8 Build 21 The other runs Keysoft 7.5 Each has new batteries, a new keyboard, and clean new Braille displays Each comes with a case One of them has a Sendero GPS Asking $850 each Negotiable Contact Dimitri Lazarez at 917-586-586 3618 or email him dimalzr at verizon.net Wanted Donation of a CCTV either desktop or handheld Contact Marianne Sears at 318-957-0294 or via email maryannsears at 1972 at gmail.com Wanted 
donation of braille power display, old but in excellent condition, to help read English texts on computer for translation. Also seeking braille paper. Please send email to lshszc at hotmail.com or send donation to Shu Hao Lu, S H U H A O L U, Jinrong Dasha, J I N R O N G D A S H A, 59 Shishan Lu, Shu Zhou Jiangsu, S H I S H A N L U, S U Z H O U, J I A N G S U, 215001 China. Wanted someone to work with me on abacus training. Contact Bob Gruff Jr. at 487 PC Circle, Quitman, Arkansas, 72131. Phone 501-589-2886. Wanted speech synthesizer, either the accent from Acom or DecTalk from Digital Equipment. Must be in working order. If you have one you would like to sell, contact Larry Heath, L. H e a t h at e m b a r q m a i l dot com with price, unit condition, and model information. Wanted: used portable scanner that will read your mail, books, papers, etc. Preferably in good condition. Can't pay much. Contact Walter at six six one eight three 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 six six three. Leveling the spin. Left by the curb, near but not near enough to hear the echoes of the building I know little about. She will park the car farther away in some other unknown place and direction, and she says she will be right back. My world is one step up or down, the smoother sidewalk cement, or the rougher street held together with small stones. My white cane can tap in this nowhere, can stab at the ground, so I know where ground is. Suddenly, not trusting my feet to anchor me. Open space alone makes me dizzy, desperate for walls, or anything, or anyone tall or solid to hold on to, or to hear with practiced ears my lullaby of space defined. Of course, she will come back. In the meantime. I force my face to crack into the smile of terror, distracted. I chant, "There are people in the world. There is a building near you. You can feel the ground. You can move if you have to. Your cane can find cliff edges you know aren't there. The chance to fail doesn't mean you should stop. You should freeze. Not yet. Not today. And then I hear familiar footsteps." And she says, "You are still here, Nancy Scott." ACB officers, President, Mitch Pomerantz, final term, 2013, 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. First Vice President, Kim Charlson, final term. 
57 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472. Second Vice President, Brenda Dillon, Final Term, 2013. 313 Overridge Cove, Hermitage, Tennessee, 37076. Secretary, Marlena Lieberg, Final Term, 2013. 632 South 189th Street, Burien, Washington, 98148. Treasurer, Carla Rushevel, First Term, 2013. 148 Vernon Avenue, Louisville, Kentucky, 40206. Immediate Past President, Christopher Gray, Final Term, 2013. 5568 Waterman Boulevard, Unit 2W, St. Louis, Missouri, 63112. ACB Board of Directors, Ray Campbell, Glen Ellen, Illinois, Final Term, 2014. Burl Colley, Lacey, Washington, First Term, 2012. Janet Dickelman, St. Paul, Minnesota, First Term, 2014. Marcia Farrow, Somerville, Georgia, First Term, 2012. Michael Garrett, Missouri City, Texas, First Term, 2012. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, First Term, 2014. Billie Jean Keith, Arlington, Virginia, final term 2012. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, first term 2014. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, final term 2014. David Trot, Talladega, Alabama, final term 2012. Ex officio. Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. ACB Board of Publications. Paul Edwards, Chairman, Miami, Florida. Final term, 2013. Nolan Crab, Hilliard, Ohio. First term, 2013. Marcia Dresser, Reading, Massachusetts. Second term, 2012. Judy Jackson, Austin, Texas. Second term, 2012. Ken Stewart, Warwick, New York. Final term, 2012. Ex officios, Ron Milliman, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. End of side three.